Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Man, this is a treat. Um, one of my favorite personalities in the world of, of media, you know, there's always that person that you uh, credit for putting you on to something. I'll just say that, you know, Donnie Simpson, uh, from his days on radio to as the host of Video Soul on BET back in the 80s and 90s, um, he's always been a hero, always been such a music fan. This was the first night we were meeting him. He couldn't have been cooler, one of the nicest, most genuine music lovers ever. This is uh, August 2nd, 2017, the great Donnie Simpson. Yeah, I'm getting my professional voice on Questlove Supreme Classic, Donnie Simpson. Ooh la la. Let's go. Here we go. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Cool Quest. Yeah. yeah, I got soul. Yeah. But Donnie Simpson cool. Yeah. Life goals. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. Rocking your world. Yeah. When my hair gets dry. Yeah. I use Donnie Super Curl. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. My name is Sugar. Yeah. Like Sugar Ray. Yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah. With a real DJ. Roll call. Suprema roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. I'm unpaid bill. Yeah. Ain't got no problems. Yeah. Shout out to North Korea. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. Boss Bill is 
is here. Yeah. Not far from Mars. Yeah. Shot for the moon. Yeah. Still among the stars. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. Suprema. Roll call. It's Lahia. Yeah. And damn it, I'm hype. Yeah. Donnie Simpson in the place. Shut up. He rocking the mic right. I hate y'all. My name is Donnie. Yeah. They call me Green Eyes. Yeah. If I could finish this rap, yeah. that would be a surprise. Roll call. Suprema. Su- su- Suprema. Roll call. Suprema. You try to call good. Audible with Donnie yeah. Simpson in the place? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Come on, man. Tell the truth. You're going to say Donnie Simpson's here, right? Uh, no, I, I said the, it's written down. Okay, Look, whatever. Donnie Simpson I'll, in the place. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I'm your host, Questlove. Uh, we have Team Supreme with us. Uh, Laia in the place. <laughs> Sugar <laughs> Steve. Is Questlove in the house? Yeah, Questlove is always in the house. Sugar Steve is here. We got Fontigolo. Uh, uh, unpaid Bill. Yeah. Hey, how, how you doing? I'm, hey, I'm happy to be back. You, you've been so quiet the <laughs> last few. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, Boss Bill's here as well. What up? Uh, I will say that every culture uh, needs a pioneer. And uh, our guest today is uh, beyond pioneer. Uh, for 30 years, his, his, his morning show in uh, WPGC... The Donnie Simpson Morning Show has trailblazed uh, and done wonders for the culture of soul and R&B. And uh, I guess you could say that he's attained uh, uh, God status in the eyes of <laughs> of all of us in this room uh, for 17 years as the host of uh, Ooh La La, uh, <laughs> Video Soul on BT, which practically gave the... Uh, the world, it's its first view of, of artists like uh, Whitney Houston and Usher. Uh, you, you've done in-depth conversations with uh, greats like Aretha Franklin, uh, anybody from the Purple Camp that I've not seen on any other networks. Jesse Johnson. Yes, and Andre. Jesse Johnson. I mean, the yeah. time, the list goes on and on. Um, and he's just known for his, his, his grace uh his 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 knowledge of music i mean do you, do you imagine that once upon a time there were uh hosts of radio shows and video shows that actually had knowledge of of the music and who would have thought that man yeah that's <laughs> who would have thought that's that's it's, not, it's a novel that's sadly missed right now um but more than anything this this episode will probably be a masterclass on how to host such <laughs> so I'll, we can use I will it. Sound, yes. yeah yes. I will sound like an amateur this will uh, be my ladies favorite and gentlemen, episode <laughs> please welcome Donnie Simpson to our show thank you wow thank you thank you Questlove appreciate you bro yo he just said my name <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> no I, I, of, of all the episodes this is probably the one that I will be the most nervous because I mean I we all grew up with this voice right. and always imagine the day that we'd have an opportunity. I never thought that my 
first time sitting with Donnie Simpson would be on, on your show, on my show, <laughs> not, not his show. Oh, well, I'm honored to be here, man. I really am. This is awesome, man. I'm a big fan of yours, bro. I. Yeah, I no know doubt. it sounds like false modesty whenever I say like I can't believe you know I'm alive, but I mean that's really nah, like straight up. <laughs> oh for real, I, man. Man, um, no, that's I can't real, stop bro. smiling. Mad respect for you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and, and a lot of people in this room, not all of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about you, Steve. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's I gave allowed, you props. Stirring my own heart. The heck, and he shot you down. So you're you're actually I know that uh, we're lucky to have you today because you are going to induct uh, your friends tonight. Yeah, well, the... I'm not actually inducting them. I'm just there oh, having dinner with support. Them. Yeah, I'm just there in support. That's amazing. Yeah, I know that no one is a bigger fan of of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and, and the Time Family than oh no doubt you man. are. Those Even are to this brothers. day, I still watch your your interviews on YouTube with those guys. And yeah, man, and those were my toughest interviews too. It's funny because yeah, because they were we were we were boys. You know, we're so close. So my toughest interview. You mentioned Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm-hmm. What are your friends? Sugar Ray Leonard, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis, and Smokey. Like those really? are my boys. Always the toughest interviews because. You know, you know them so well, and then all of a sudden you're in this formal setting. <laughs> you know, you got to ask questions, and they're like, "Why are you asking me that? You know that." But <laughs> you it's, know, it's just weird. To me, it's like those are your, especially when you when you did the, uh, I think the the pandemonium interview back in like 1990 with yeah, the time. Yeah, like that was the first time where. You know, normally there, there's there's a cool demeanor about you, but then like I saw you just as the the Billy Preston to their Beatles, like the Times Beatles, wow. where it was just like, oh, wow, Donnie Simpson, just like he's one of the one of the crew, and that's Man. he was on the record. That's that's yeah, that's right. I'm <laughs> on the Pandemonium <laughs> album. Wow, <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, that's very flattering to say that uh and i remember when they got their star in the hollywood walk of fame mm-hmm. they said man all day long all we kept saying was it's just one person missing man mm. you know and that just you know what an honor i mean it wasn't me it was billy preston but uh, <laughs> 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 no but you know we we are we're just friends like that 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 day that we recorded that show before we recorded it uh, Jimmy and Terry set me down at the board in the studio, and they're playing the album for me, the Pandemonium wow. album. So I'm sitting there, and the intro comes on, and you know I do the intro. Right. I'm doing this intro, and I'm sitting there like, how? Wait, what? Wait, that's my voice. How did? How? I yeah. couldn't figure it out. How they got me to do this introduction that I didn't record. <laughs> and uh, what happened was that uh, they had lifted it from. Uh, like five or six years prior to that, I went to present them just to introduce them at the uh, Minneapolis Black Musicians Award show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they lifted it from that and used it as the intro for the album. Man, I just, it was just, what an honor yeah. <laughs> to open up to open up for the time. That's right, because they, <laughs> they briefly, when Morris did uh, Fishnets, I guess they yeah. briefly reunited as the time uh, for that. Were you actually introducing... Them back in '87 as a full unit, or were they just going on to get an award? Oh or? wow! In '80, yeah, that was a full unit then. Yeah, that was the time. That was everybody. That okay. was before Fishnet. As a matter of fact, Fishnet was a part of that show that you're talking about. I think that I think we introduced that then. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Yeah, there's a video on YouTube of you in the studio with them, and they were playing the track for Fishnet. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 They were they were in the studio together. That was oh, that man. was a few years earlier though. That song was so hot, man. Oh yeah. So. <sighs> 
I, you know, you're those that know you well know of your love affair with music. But yeah, where did it start? Where did your what, what was your childhood into as far as your um, relationship with music? Uh, I was always around music from the time I was 12. Well, actually, I'll say even earlier than that. I remember when we got our first record player, and the first record we got was The Drifters, Save the Last Dance for Me. Mm-hmm. And we would play that thing over. It's the only record we had. <laughs> so we played it over and over. A 45? And, yep, a okay. 45. And uh, How big was the household? Oh, it was uh, six kids. I had uh, five boys, one girl, my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was eight in a little tiny house, man. We had two-bedroom house. Uh, mom and dad had a bedroom. And my sister had a bedroom. Oh. Boys, we were upstairs. It was like army barracks up there, really? bro. <laughs> 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 lined up, man. I'm telling you. But, uh, you know, but my mother decided to open a record shop when, she, when I was 12. And uh, so I worked in that record shop from the time I was 12. So I was always around music. You know, I knew when music came out, the day it came out, you know, everything. And then we used to have a little contest between each other. We'd go, all right, so what do you think this is going to do? I said, uh, you know, I think it'll go uh, number one, R&B, top 10 pop. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would be right all the time, man. I would always be really? able to predict them. You know, and I, I this other thing, and I don't know if it's like, I don't, maybe it's not psychic. Maybe it's just from experience of knowing people, but I could see you coming across the street to the record shop and I go to the shelf and pull off, say three songs and guarantee that they would ask for those three, you know, and uh, not two of the three, but all three, you know, I I would do it all the time. (laughs) How was your record with that? It was really good, really good, really solid. What what city is this? Detroit. Yeah, from the D. You were born from the D, the D okay. baby. From, okay. So I grew up under Motown. So wow. <laughs> so don't I'm not even can't even give Mama's record shop credit for that. That's going back to the Motown Review. Okay. You know, living there in Detroit under Motown with the Temps, man. You know, I remember as a kid, man, I used to watch every Cadillac that went by, hoping you're gonna see David Ruffin, one of the Temps, or Smokey, or or one of their cousins. Would have just been just as cool. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Anybody, man, relate it. Sitting at the Motown Review, my wife Pam is here with me, and she can re- she remembers that so well. We would go down there, man. I mean, five shows a day. With the Temptations, Four Top Supremes, Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's, Junior Walker, Smokey Robinson. It was just endless, you know. So to grow up under that, how could you not have a love for music, man? You know, and so I, I was just always in that. Uh, when I was 15, um, this radio station there, WJLB, had a group it called the WJLB Soul Teen Reporters. Okay. One student from each public school came in once a week, recorded a little 60-second spiel about what was going on at their school. We beat Pershing High last week, 54 to 52. Uh, cap and gown measurements are Friday. The lovers of the week are, and the number one song is. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I thought it was an upfront. I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> So uh, they had asked me to do that for my school, and uh, so I kind of wasn't interested at first, but finally I dec- my mother one day had a live broadcast with a local DJ who came out and did his show from there, from the record store. And, man, I went into that booth and saw him doing his thing, man, and he's sitting there patting his foot to the music, man, and grooving, and I was like, man, I could do that, you know? And that was the very day I fell in love with radio. And I said, I'm going to do that. And uh, so I went and joined the reporters. And, and they, they 
it, I got so popular from these little 60-second things that ran once, maybe twice a day, that I was more popular than the DJs because I was this <laughs> kid with a heavy voice, you know? And uh, so they started putting me on on weekends for uh, three hours on Saturday, and uh, that lasted for about two months. They fired the guy who did 8 to midnight weeknights and asked me to sit in for him for one week to give them time to find somebody else. I sat there for seven and a half years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, really? a, teenager, yeah, yeah, yeah. a teenager with a radio job. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't even do my whole show live because I couldn't work past 1030. <laughs> you know, so I used to go in after school. Man. <laughs> so you've had that golden voice since you were a teenager. Yeah, since uh, my voice changed between the summer between seventh and eighth grade. And I remember well, because I was in the choir, man, I was the only male first soprano, which I love, because I, <laughs> I sat with the girls. <laughs> Next summer, I come back, and I'm this baritone, you know. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, so, I, you know, I was really blessed to have a start like that, man. It was just, it was, it was just heaven sent. So, for you, was it always radio aspirations, or did you have music? Like, did you want to... Maybe be a singer or whatever. I still want to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Wait, I'm going to make it. Pam shaking her head. Nope. No. Yeah, Pam will tell you. Right, she tells me two things. He ain't no singer and he ain't no rocket scientist. <laughs> no. No, but I mean, you know, I've always felt that uh, anyone who doesn't sing wants to sing or wants to be a musician. True. True. As a matter of fact, I said this is my part of my induction speech when I was inducted in the uh, Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. uh, which was, I said, this is just such an honor for me because I've always felt that uh, musicians are always the coolest people in the room. Mm -hmm. Respect, Questlove. <laughs> you know, You're definitely the coolest no, person. Seriously. You're the coolest no. person. No. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm the dweeb today. We, we learned our cool from you. I, I offered as advice, I mean, as, as, as proof, um, Prince appearing at the Oscars. So you got the biggest stars in the world, movie stars, $40, $50 million a movie. Prince walked on that stage. <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah. They were like little girls, you know? Mm -hmm musicians man and i said you know for one night y'all let me in your group you know and i appreciate that just for one night i could never be i just always wanted to be cool enough to be a musician i just i just ain't gonna make it <laughs> so did you have formal training when you finally started to do this radio because most people they they'll go to rtf programs yeah. uh in their colleges to learn how to you know do upfronts and be prepared we're going to Put you to the test on that. Oh, okay. Back cells and front cells. Yeah, like, so did you, was it was it a learning curve where you just had to learn on the spot how to do these things or? Well, it's, you know, I started so young. I mean, I did go to school eventually. I mean, I was in school already in high school, mm -hmm. uh, but I went to college and studied radio and TV also, but I was already doing it. I mean, you know, I mean, I was one of the most popular DJs in Detroit. And here I am going to college. It was uh, uh, the experience. Nothing beats that. And you know that. Nothing beats doing it. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it was just kind of a natural uh, God-given gift that I had. 
And, uh, you know, they certainly taught me how to develop it. Like in school, I learned how to use my diaphragm, you know, those exercises like singers to, to, to you know, because really? my, I remember, yeah, I remember my teacher coming up to me in uh, college one day, he walked up behind me and he said, and I didn't know he was there. He says, so Donnie, how come you always talk like this in the hall? <laughs> I said, cause I'm a brother. <laughs> That's how we talk in the hall. <laughs> But he's, you know, he taught me that you have to use your diaphragm. That you, you know, it's like a backhand in tennis. You got to practice it so much that it's second nature. That that is the way you talk, and that you can still be cool and talk from here. You don't have to talk from here to be cool. You know. Have you ever interviewed Barry White? Oh yeah! Only oh my god, I love Barry. <laughs> anybody that ever seen interview Barry White yeah. will suddenly find themselves trying <laughs> to <laughs> out the base off. Uh-uh. No man, I love my little boys too much. I'm gonna, I ain't trying to get down there with Barry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this is whenever whenever we have anyone that has uh, notable radio experience on the show, uh-huh. we ask them. To front sell or back sell the song. Okay, so, all right. It's been you and you Stephen Hill. the song, or you have to. I'm putting. No, I don't even want to. He, he'll know oh, what he the song hit is. It. Okay. okay. Watch him kill it. Now, see. Now I got to pick this the perfect song with either a short intro or a long intro or middle intro. <laughs> what should I do? Um, I, I like think a, a long that. intro would. <laughs> long, longs are, but longs are easy. Just so you, they're easier. But whatever. No, but what if it's Barry White's musician? But if it's Barry White's ecstasy uh, <laughs> next, that's a that's one like minute. Minutes, right? That's a one <laughs> minute six. Oh, okay. Temptations. Papa was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's like two sixteen. <laughs> so okay, and I had me... a doc, jock work for me that actually hit that post once. Wow. Really? Wow. Two sixteen. It's like man. So wait a minute. If if there is long space in the front, are you expected to feel every last ounce of it? No, I don't think so. Well, you know, that's interesting because I think most radio people feel that you do. Uh, but to me, I love music so much that sometimes the the music. So should you talk all over Love's theme by Barry White and the Love Unlimited right. Orchestra? Okay. No, I mean... You know, some of the music is so beautiful; it's vocal in itself. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you, you know, it, it has a moment where it's the intro is over, song is started. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for your? Uh, I think so. Let's try. Yes, Here we sir. go. Ooh, it's magic. One hundred two point three. You're listening to Donnie Simpson, hanging out with Questlove. We got my boys on the stage now, man. These dudes do it right. It's gonna get hot in here. Not hot enough for Morris to sweat. You know he doesn't sweat, he just condensates on kiss. So does this also mean that you have to study the song? Yeah. As in you I, I, I mean yeah. when you when at it, at the at the at the height of you being immersed inside of your 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 radio days, would you pick a designated no. day to just study all the songs? Definitely and... not. Really? Definitely not. No, I would never study. It's just knowing it. It's just appreciating it. I know it because I love it. I see. You know? Yeah. Okay. No, I've never studied songs. I thought, wow, sit there with a stopwatch. This is eighteen seconds. You just feel it. You know? You just know. You know? You know where the song is. Most songs usually have like a four bar, eight bar, whatever intro. Okay. All right. 
I see now. But you ride it too. It's a rhythm thing. Because that's what yeah. you were just doing. You were riding it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like a, like a musician. So in in the say tr- that again like a musician. Oh man, <laughs> he wanted to make sure he was never heard that to let him know he's like a musician. <laughs> so I will say that Detroit is also um, a vi- a very unusual town as far as music culture is concerned mm-hmm. because of their appreciation for other cultures as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at one point I knew that. Um, uh, there's, I forget the the Jay Gow band's uh, song that that was like number two on a particular uh, station <laughs> I, up there. I, I used to play Jay Gow's. I used to yeah, play Jay Gow's. It, it was all kind of stuff by Jay Gow's band. So what was it that made such a black city so open to Gary Newman, the Talking Heads, <sighs> yeah, or yeah. Fela, or like just because I, I I would look up old playlists. From all their radio stations up there, and it was endless. There were yeah. there were no boundaries on what was black music. Right. I, I don't. I can't. I wish I could tell you why we are that way, but I was always that way, man. Love. Uh, you know, and I feel like this. You know, for radio program directors or programmers that you know, radio people feel that people's ears are a lot narrower than they are. Mm-hmm. You know. People like different things, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, growing up in Detroit, I mean, I played, I played all that stuff on the radio, man. The, without doubt, the biggest moment in my radio career was breaking Benny and the Jets by Elton really? John. I've been sitting around with my boy, man. He's turning me on to Elton, right? And uh, so I kept, I mean, this went on for a week, man. I said, man, I love this song, Benny and the Jets, man. And but I was scared to play it because you know black folks didn't really know Elton, you know. And uh, so finally I said, "Man, Claude, I'm playing this song," and I played it, man. I played it twice that night, and I played it the second time because the phone was jumping off the hook from the first time. I'd never seen anything like it before or since. Uh, it was so instant. The next morning, the morning DJ calls me at home, wakes me up at seven thirty. Donnie, what is this song you played last night? Ginny and the Nets or something? Man, you got to bring that down here. We got to play it. So fast that in two days, Elton was on the phone. From, really? From, from London. Called, wanted to know what's going on. I hear Benny and the Jets is breaking black in Detroit. You know, he uh, comes to Detroit four or five months later to present me with a gold record. for. I mean, and this is at the height of his career, man. This is... You know, man, it just turned me out, man. It was just, it was amazing, man. It was just an amazing moment. And and, and I always use it, especially now when I tell that story, it's important because it, it saddens me that there are young people in radio now with good ears that can't express themselves musically. You know, that's sad to me, man. You should be able to have a moment like that to come in. I mean, th- you're a DJ. I'm supposed to be turning you on to music. So is it is you it know? understood then that whatever radio station you go to that you have that some kind of freedom in that way where you can play what you... Uh, you can take out in that way. Okay. <laughs> you, got, oh, you have freedom to play a- whatever. Absolutely. And when Absolute. did that start and in your career? Because that's... Amazing. Because so there was it's always- no programming director that was ringing the emergency line. Like I'm certain every radio station has that 
the red phone or whatever. That... They do, man. <laughs> Bro, you can get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing Princess Dirty? Mind? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just no, saying, they don't, like, they don't. They know not to bother me with that. I mean, I just, you know, and I don't mean that to sound vain. I think that I just, you know, they know that that's the only way I can work. I'm, I'm not going to do this if you're going to tell me how to do me. I can only do me, and uh, and if it works. <laughs> I told in a negotiation for this return of mine, I said, look, it got caught up in a while. And I just finally said, look, let's make it real simple. I do what I do. If it doesn't work, you tell me, I'll take my records and go home. You don't have to buy out the rest of the contract, nothing. I'm just gone. Mm -hmm. All right? Okay. I mean, you know, I just... I have to have that kind of freedom, man. I, you know, I'm a, a look out the window kind of guy, man. How does the day feel? You know, because it's a spirit that connects us all, man. A computer can't do that. You can't tell me that this song works today. This day feels a certain way. I used to get it when I did the morning show, man. I once an hour, I would get out and walk around the building just to smell it. I need to smell the day. You know, and I know it may sound strange to people. <laughs> no, this dude is I, weird. I, I, not you know, no. but yeah, that's, and you got to have that to me, you know. And as far as like uh, calling jocks, you know, I programmed WKYS in Washington for 12 years. I mean, and it was, you talk about a meteoric rise. I mean, and I didn't even, I kind of bumped into it. I, I wasn't trying to program. I never wanted to program. I just wanted to be a jock. But the station was in 16th place. We were losing so badly. And they said, what's wrong with the station? I told them what I felt about it. And I said, well, will you do that? I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I felt like I can at least do better than 16th. Man, we went from 16th to number one in nine months. You know? And it was just with feel. You know, I... You know, I, I don't have anything against research. Research is cool as long as you use it. Don't let it use you. You know, you, it's just another tool if you want to use it. But I remember this programmer coming to me once had uh, done this big research project. He's paid like 65 grand for, to research all these songs. And he came to me and he said, man, can you, do you know what the number one song tested for us was? I said, Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. How did you know that? I was like, I'm a brother. <laughs> I live this dog. I ain't on safari. And you're talking to the research. You're talking to the people. You know, so... Um, but, you know, when I was programming, I wanted to just bring this up, too, because it's... You know, and, and I, I, I certainly don't mean to come off like I'm, like, uh, we, chastising we, programmers. Right. But, you know, when I program, man... Hotline, the hotline, you would, it would never ring. I never once called one of my jocks during the middle of his show to tell him something was, that was bad. Hell, I know you know it, you know it, you did it. You know it's bad more than I do. Why would I call you at that moment and sacrifice the last two hours of your show for the first two? That just, and, and, and then, bigger than that, is that what happens is that then you start talking to me. Because you're afraid of me. You're afraid of that phone ringing. I don't want you talking to me. I ain't got nothing to do with this. Talk to the audience, man. This, this is about y'all, you know. That's, and, and I gave my jocks freedom. You know, I just, I'm old school like that, man. Bring your records, man. Do your thing, you know. Just express. You, you'll be amazed at the performance you get from people when you entrust them, when you let them do what they do, when their name is on it instead of just them representing you. It's like you hired them for a reason. That's, 
That's what you hired him for. Right. Let him go, man. Because this way of thought is not very prevalent right now, um, <laughs> have you ever, I mean, I know it's another burden, but have you ever considered ownership? Yeah, I used to think about it. Uh, we had looked at it a long time ago. And, um, God, radio stations had gotten so expensive then, it was just kind of crazy. But, you know, I don't know that it's a business that I would be that interested in now. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, the, the dollars have dried up uh, to a great degree, as you know. I mean, with everything that is that uh, advertising-based model, radio, television, print, um, those dollars have gone to the Internet. You know, so it's a different day, you know, and radio and TV are lucky. Most of them are just suffering uh, pay cuts, um, print, shutting their doors. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a different day. So, not, you know, no, I don't have that level of interest in it now. No. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Speaking of the uh, you breaking Elton John and bidding the Jets... What are, what, are, what were some of the uh, other notable artists that you 
had a first thing. Like, I feel like this person's the next one. Well, I had a, I have a gold record at home that says, thank you for being the first to play Whitney Houston. <laughs> you give good love. Wait, I literally wow. only pulled that out there. <laughs> oh, I thought I, you knew that. No, I, yeah. I was just, I was like, oh, I know you gave Whitney Houston. Well, I, I saw her very, when she first came to uh, Video Soul, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that interview. But Do you remember Sade? Yeah. First interview with Sade? Her first interview, I think, I, I know in America, if not on television, period, was wow. with me. Wow. You know? Uh, so, you know, I, 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 you know, I certainly don't want to sound like I started all of these careers. Dude, no, God, we, this is why that. you're here in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, a master class. No, seriously. Like, we, we, there's a lot of artists that we probably wouldn't know about if we hadn't seen them on Video Soul. Yeah. You know, yeah. you introducing them to us. So you are a very important part. Well, you know, it's um, thank you, and, and I'm. You're allowed to I'm, toot your own horn. No, and I won't. But it's, it's, it's so flat. I had. Uh, uh, Big Daddy Kane on my radio show yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, he was telling me, he says, man, I just want to thank you for the first time I was on Video Soul, man. He said, uh, I was so nervous, man. I couldn't believe it. But he said, what blew me away was that I came in there, man, and you treated me like all the other artists. You treated me with respect. And I thought it would be just like, you know, all right, we got this uh, rapper in here. Let's get the rap thing out of the way. <laughs> he said, and it was just so different, you know, which blew me away that he thought I would treat him. In, you know, I, yeah. as I told him on the air yesterday, I said, Kane, man, if President Obama walked through this door right now or the janitor, they're going to get the same level Damn of right. love and respect Damn from me. Right. Believe that, you know. So, uh, but. It's always fascinating to me that so many artists come up to you and tell you what you meant to their careers. You know, I remember going to see New Edition one night. Uh, this is 25 years ago. No, not New Edition. I'm sorry. Uh, new Kids. Not the New Kids on the Block. Uh, Boys to Men. Okay. Same thing. So I go backstage and they go, oh, my God, Donnie's here. Look at it. I said, Man, Don- I said what's the date? April, whatever, what a 1987. They all knew the date they came on Video wow. Soul. It was that significant <laughs> to them. You know? I remember, so that, I remember that episode. That was I, when I was they sang, say, Oh, Mary, Don't You Weep, Acapella. Yeah. Oh, is that right? And they wore the so You remember jackets. better than me. <laughs> Wait, only, okay, because I was in the Motown Philly video. Uh-huh. So even me and my parents were like sitting there with a the VCR open, like, <laughs> like the video's going to come on because this is the first time that I'm seeing the video. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, no, that that was, and we all went to high school together, so that that was like a moment, yeah. like someone from my my homeroom classes that still owes me two thousand thirty five cents. Wanye, thank you. Uh, you know, is 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 legit, like on on video soul. Yeah, it meant something to sit on that couch, you know, and uh, that's 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 flattering. That's really an awesome thing. So, how so? I, well, I want to ease into video. So, how did how were you convinced uh, to? Well, you didn't totally abandon radio when you did video. So, oh no, you did both. But did you figure that okay, it's time for the black version of MTV to uh, to come to fruition, well, and and I want to be a part of history? No, well, this has not happened. I mean, it wasn't my creation. Uh, I got a call from uh, Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking me, or actually it was Jeff Lee, his right-hand man, um, said, we're starting this show called Video Soul, and we'd like for you to host it. 
um, at the time. I was still doing radio, of course, but I was also I just started doing TV locally in D.C. for the last two years. I was a, a sports anchor. George Michael. Yeah, I was yeah, George I Michael's yeah. backup for George Michael's sports machine. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I enjoyed that, but I like music. You know, I, sports is not what I do. So, um, anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. No. So, I'm paying Bill ain't even paying attention. <laughs> I was just sports ain't your thing either. <laughs> That's actually how how I know you. I went to school down in College Park, Maryland. Oh, really? In uh, late '80s, early '90s. So I was watching the George Michael uh, sports. Oh wow! Dream, oh, cool. The dream, oh, cool. Dream machine. Or sports, sports, sports machine. Sports yeah. Machine. yeah. yeah. yeah so sports, machine. sports legend uh, yeah. Donnie Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. So anyway, they said wanted me to do this show, and I'll be very honest with you. My first answer was no. Right. You know, no, I didn't want to do it. Um, I've always been very careful about what I get involved in uh, because all I have to sell is image. You know, so I'm very protective of that. You know, it's got to be right. And BET in its infancy wasn't a pretty baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, right. It was kind of public service. Yeah, yeah uh, right. Exactly. Exactly. Public access. Right. So I didn't want to do that, but I thought about it for two days, and then finally the bottom line became this: that this is our first black television network. If you have something to offer it, you have to do that. Period. Let's go. And so I'm glad I did, man. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was amazing. When we first started, we were in one and a half million homes. Uh, when I left, that number was like 45 million. You know, now it's like 100 or something. I mean, it's just crazy, you know. And, uh, you know, it put me in black houses all across this country, you know. And, and not just I black. Way, not I just didn't black. even know about your radio career. I just yeah. thought. Most people around the country don't. They're shocked when they find out I do radio. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it, you know, it was really something special, man. It was, uh, you know, uh, Terry Lewis, we were talking about it recently, and he was saying how that I was just telling him about the love and respect that I get and how it just blows me away, you know, every time. And uh, he says, it's because you mean something to people, you know. That you represented a time when music was fun, you know, the videos were fun and all of that, you know, it was clean fun, you know, and you represent that time. It's like, well, I never thought about it like that. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, you, it's, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, one night they, uh, uh, VH1 did a series called Black in the 80s, and then uh, they had interviewed me for it, and um so they told me it was coming on, so I watched it that night. It was an hour long. And the first 15 minutes they did, uh, Brian Gumble, uh, the first black to host a early morning mm -hmm. national television show. Mm -hmm. Then they did um, Arsenio Hall, first black to host a late night talk show. Then they did Cosby. The Cosby Show and first black TV show where uh, the mother and dad were a doctor and a lawyer, not a plumber and a janitor or something, mm -hmm. you know. And then they did Donnie Simpson and Video Soul. And man, I'll never forget it. When the show ended, all I could think was, 
well, how the hell am I supposed to sleep tonight? <laughs> Seriously, because I'd never had it put in perspective like that. You know what I mean? It, it's like uh, a line from, uh, that I've always, always loved from Elton John, Rocket Love. Uh, not Rocket Love, that's Stevie Wonder. Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Right, when he says, and all the science, I don't understand. It's just my job, five days a week. You know, I mean, you think this is a rocket man, an astronaut. It's mm -hmm. like, it's so glorious. You know, you're a DJ. It's a glorious, you know. It, man, I don't care who you are or what you do. It's just what you do. So you know? at the time, you weren't thinking that you're doing a, a historical service Absolutely for mankind. Absolutely not. <laughs> that there's a bunch of 11-year-olds watching you and recording this. Nah, straight Because we would record the show yes. wa and watch it over ad nauseum and over and over, and so over that's again. crazy to me. No, I never thought. I mean, I've had three or four of the ESPN anchors come up to me yeah. and tell me, you're the reason I do TV. Because I used to watch you. It's like... I, I, that's man, that's mind blowing to me. Because I'm telling you, man. No, nah, between you and probably, probably the only person that could challenge or even match your cool might be Don Cornelius. Like you two, <laughs> are, yeah, you were like are the heir apparent. So yeah, it was yeah uh, with cool. Yeah, he man. was one era, and then you kind of were the next. And that's the thing. You always pervade this this level of intelligence and cool and and knowledge no matter who the artist was like if i were interviewing like uh wild animal era vanity uh-huh <laughs> i would have been sweating profusely <laughs> but you gave her the same level of of respect that you would have done for sergio mendez or or uh, yeah Saida Garrett or Quincy Jones or I'll be short like you know what I mean like, like that to me was was even more amazing like it's it's one thing to interview someone that you love and that you're you know that you have history of like I'm sure that you know if a, a Motown luminary comes on the show then you know mm -hmm. you're just giddy about it mm -hmm. but how do you prepare yourself uh for an artist that you might not know of like say about first year Karen White Hmm. comes on the show and you might not know that much about her but I ask her <laughs> like you did I ask her the other day. Really? seriously that's how I prepare yeah, there's, but I've there's known no her preparation for like 10 years oh. but there there's no preparation I mean every artist I've ever had on Video Soul they would give me a bio and a list of questions and I would take and go alright and I'd sit that on the side seriously I would never look at it because I felt that there's nothing wrong with me not knowing you grew up in Tuscaloosa, uh, that I can ask you that. I mean, this is an interview. This is uh, getting to know you. What's wrong with that being the first? So where you grow up at? You know? Oh, I grew up in Philly. Oh, man, what happened to the Sixers the other night? Right. That's conversation. Okay. You know? It, 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 that's just, you know, I mean, if it's somebody I knew, I'm telling you, this may be the depth of the preparation. I'd go... All right, Luther's on the show today. I'm riding in, and I go, "What is it you want to know about Luther, man? Why you? Why does your weight keep going up and down? You <laughs> end up under control." <laughs> so, all right, that's what I'm going to ask him. And you know, it's um, but I, you could ask him that though. I don't think nobody else can get away with. <laughs> but you know, and, and and that is a blessing for you to say that. You get it that yeah. um, it, it's just like uh, on. I'm with 
all due respect, I'm going back to Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show, um, that when the conversation with Johnny was always different from any other host I ever saw Mm -hmm. because they had so much respect for him. He could ask things that others might not because they they just lose. But but, Jimmy's like that, too, because he's so cool, you know. When when you're cool with people like that, man, and they they feel you, and it's real, it's not staged questions, and you know when you've read the bio, the chances are I'm going to ask you a question based on, on that bio, it's something right. that you've been asked a thousand times already before. What what was your first uh, interview on? Do you remember your very first interview on the show? Who was your first? Absolutely, my very first interview was with the Fat Boys. <laughs> 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 what year was this? What, what year was oh, it had to have been 83 or 84. Oh, God. Something really? like that. Yeah, man. Sweet. The Fat Boys. Second one was with Rick James, Ooh. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was that like? Okay. We have yet to have a potential off the chains guest. We're. We're kind of entertaining that. Like, all of our guests are either like super legend or we worship them. Yeah. But. Okay, Rick James is a perfect example. If, if someone has the potential to sort of be off the chains, oh yeah, how do you reel them in? How do you how do you maintain? How do you drive the car and not have them drive the car? Wow, that's a, wow! What a great question. Because you still have to steer and navigate. Yeah, you still got to steer. It's, and uh, still get your Rick twelve James. and <laughs> right? And it was the eighties, so we know that Rick yeah. might have been on that. You know, yeah. So you don't know where the conversation was going to go. But but I never had that problem. I never had anybody had anybody go rogue on me. Just you know, go crazy. Go it just. It just never happened. But a little left. You've had some people maybe go a little left. I mean, because even that well, new well, edition uh, interview music, was kind of... Every, everybody's was left in this business. Wait, wait, that's just <laughs> <laughs> You know, shoot. We yeah, live. I was going to say for you, left. Has seems- an interview gone a little weird and you guys had to do a lot of editing magic? Not, well, be, back in the day for... Like, what interview the, was like, whew, got through that? Now, most of the years on Video Soul, we were live. Whoa. So no, oh, so not go back and edit. Was it was live until the last three or four years. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I uh, never knew that. Yeah, yeah. We used to do it live, man. That was and, risky. And, and well, yeah, but today that's, that's the way I liked it because that made it like radio for me. I hate tape. I hate recording. I hate, <laughs> it's just it's a different pressure that you perform better when it's live. For me, you know, when it's live and I know you don't get to back it up, and then it's real. Because for me, when you're backing it up and editing, then you're trying to make it perfect. And, like, I never, ever, ever watched Video Soul. I don't listen to tapes of my radio show because I feel like I'm trying to make myself perfect, and I'll never be that. All I need to be is me. That's it. Donnie That's Sim- all I need to be. Donnie Simpson, does that mean a programmer's never pulled you in an air check meeting and no, said, Oh, Lord, no. Since you were a teenager, there's never been a boss. Because I mean, no, most, I don't know I, people know this, but like in radio, usually your boss will at some point at the end of the week pull you in a room and say, Let's listen to what you did here. You know what? For, for one period, when I first moved to DC uh, in 77, uh, we did have a program director, and oh, my goodness. It was crazy for me. For a year and a half, I did live under that. I've forgotten that because it was such, you know, that's out of how many years? God, I started in 69. Uh, so, you know, one and a half years of 
slavery. <laughs> but, uh, you know, where he would walk in with a stopwatch and go, that was 17 seconds. You had to come in under 15 seconds on anything you said. You know, I mean, it was just so finally I was gone. I was gone. I said, I can't do this. I'm leaving. And I had a job offer in L.A. And uh, so they uh, offered me the music directorship to keep me. So I stayed. And then I worked under this music director. My music director was, he's a brother, but he had so much. Or was he Let me be brother. careful. Yeah, or, or, or was, was he really? He? We know, wink, 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 we get it. Yeah, we need Mueller to investigate this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, we would have our record meetings or every week, you know, the music meetings. And he'd go around the room. I was the music director under him. He was the program director. And I had two assistants, and both of them were political appointees. This is D.C. Wow. One was David Brinkley's son. The other was uh, this wow. senator's son. Oh, and no. He'd go around the room. He'd play, uh, i never forget this one. he played Beast of Burden, Rolling Five. Stones. Right. Whoa. You know? So he goes, so, John, what do you think of that? Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Dave, what do you think? I think it's great. I think, Donnie, what do you think? I think it's great, but we can't play that shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Benny and the Jets. Yeah. Right. right. You know, I mean, I love it, but it's got to fit. Brothers, no, I ain't gonna, well, not going to. Can I assume that that was the single after Miss You? Were you guys playing Miss You? No, that was that was before Miss You because I. Miss You came after? As I recall it, because I played Miss You okay. as a program director. Okay. So I wasn't programming then. Yeah, we. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could, we could check the records. Okay. I always Siri. thought Miss You was first. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the way it went. Okay. Because I played Miss You. That works. Beast of Burden does not. Little River Band reminiscing. Yeah. Ah, we can't play that, man. Yeah. You really? Know? Yeah. It's, it seems like so, that so, will work. I love ooh, that song. Wait, I love reminiscing, though. Because <laughs> you also got to consider the area, right? Like, it's not just the people. Yeah, it's the this, area you went. DC and yeah. Go-Go Baby. You yeah. know, it's, it was hard. Yeah. That's my next question. Yeah. Okay. Now, as... The the top tastemaker of DC that had the world's ears. How is such a beautiful subculture like GoGo? How has it met so many obstacles? And I feel like the ripple never gets to expand west west more west than West Virginia. <laughs> Or right. Ohio, West Virginia, yeah. or oh, okay, the Potomac <laughs> River. It's like oh, let's, let's just go back to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I know you've lived in D.C. for decades. Yeah. I assume you still do. Oh yeah. How is Black people's jam band music not resonated to the rest of the United States of America? At least I have no idea <laughs> how, why that is. It's like. I mean, we thought it was going to break out when uh, we, we, we've had, yeah, well. And Good To Go, Chuck, that movie came out? Chuck was the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chuck Brown. Uh, Bustin' Loose was the first yeah. number one go-go song in the country. I mean, it was number one song in the country that was go-go. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then the second was The Butt by EU with the help of the movie School Days, you know. So we're thinking, man, it's going to break out now. And it never did. We, those are the only two to this day. That ever went number one in the country. You know, you had people like Grace Jones. Some people used it. Elements in the yeah, songs. Used yeah, used elements, yeah. yeah. But uh, it just never broke out for some reason. And I don't know, you know. 
I, I don't know why the rest of the world never caught on to drop the bomb on the white boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, well, well, I wonder why that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mystery. You think that Steve, has something to do with it? I don't know. 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 We, we see now. No idea how that didn't work out. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Shocker. So on, on the other side of that coin, though, worrying about someone going rogue, um, there could be the other side of that coin of having artists that are sign reclusive. Now, yeah. as, as, I, as obsessed as I am with um, all of David Ritz's work, Mm-hmm. Uh, as a as a writer, mm-hmm. um, and read both of those Aretha books. Mm-hmm. I know that she was a frequent guest of yours on the show, mm-hmm. and you go into her house and her plan for you. Oh, yeah, and she, you know, she was rather uh, loquacious. Uh, she talked a lot, which, if she didn't know you, you could tell that you know there was a, a distance there. Right. So, how did you? What was a hard interview for you, like for an artist that wasn't that talkative? Or hmm. did you ever interview Prince at ever in your career? Uh, yeah, on radio. Okay, never, what period? Never on what video year? Soul. Uh, this was uh, about seven what years ago. Oh, I yeah, thought you meant seventy. I was like, oh no, 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 no. Because you remember Prince didn't do any interview. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, how did I miss that? He had done that one interview. Uh, I think it ran on MTV, and he yeah. interviewed himself. Right. <laughs> Actually, I was watching a clip on uh, on YouTube today of you introducing that on on Video Soul. Oh, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah so no, and and it was Prince and Michael were the only two artists that I always wanted to interview, you know, but never got to have them on Video Soul, you know. But uh, you, even did though you we ever were get friends. to know them off of yeah, oh, yeah, I was yeah, about yeah. To say. oh yeah, we, me and Prince were friends, and uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, the. Night you referenced earlier when we went to um, uh, Flight Time uh-huh. for the Pandemonium album for the time, uh, we party that uh, Paisley Park? at Paisley Park that night. Uh, you, you'll love this story. This is so funny. Yes, we, bring the story. <laughs> uh, that Wednesday, we were recording Video Soul. I had David Bowie on the show, mm. and uh, who was so cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after the show, we were talking, and I was telling him I was going to Minneapolis. Uh, that Friday to do this time thing. And he says, I'm playing Minneapolis Friday. You ought to come to the show. I said, all right, cool. I'm there. So get my buddy to go with me, Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm-hmm. So we rode to Minneapolis, and uh, we do the thing. <laughs> I don't recall. That's so just, casual. Just, just, that's a good cool. line. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that casual. Was, yeah, well, that's me and Ray hung every day, man. That's all my right. boy still to this day. But uh, so anyway, we get to the show that Friday night, and uh, they had set like eight seats at the soundboard, right? So uh, we go to sit in our seats, and uh, so I'm going by, and I bump this lady in front of me, and I said, "Excuse me, ma'am," and Prince turns around. Wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> What do you say? He says, hey, Donnie. <laughs> hey, Prince, what's happening, man? And, uh, so, sorry about that. No, that's cool. And uh, so then he turns back around a minute or two later. He says, I'm having a party at Paisley Park tonight. You and Ray ought to come. I said, all right, cool. So we go to the party, man. You know, it's like 
12 people there, man. He <laughs> always parties with just yeah. six people. I know. It's me, Prince, Ray, uh, David Bowie, and his band members, Cat, right. who was dancing with him, and uh, my boy Jeff Newman, who produced my show, Video Soul. And I mean, that was like, that was it, you know? But we had the greatest time, man. It was just the coolest night. And he played the Black Album that oh. night. Oh, okay, wow. and now now this is so years later he tells me because you know that album was notorious because it yeah. wasn't released right and uh, so years later Prince told me he said uh, you know you're the reason I didn't release the black album what <laughs> and I said what what do you mean he says you remember what you said that night at Paisley Park I said what he said you said this is such a groove and I was about so much more Wow. And I thought, wow, is he serious or is he just damn you, Donnie? You know? <laughs> <laughs> serious? That was really deep to me. That because that is what I said. It's like, man, this is such a groove, you know. But then, but what Prince needed to know is that you could be about that much more, but I can't hear it. I don't hear lyrics. I hear groove. I hear vibe. I hear feel. You know, I know where it is. But, man, it could be 30 years later, and I'll be like, damn, that's what they were talking about. <laughs> I, you know, too yeah. close. He was like, <laughs> bro. See, but the thing is, it's like, the, the thing is, I know, I know that, you know, a lot of, a lot of his earlier Nelson George reviews of, of his post-rise, post-1999 rise, kind of got under his skin. And that he didn't want to be that philosophical, and he just wanted to let y'all know that he was still down. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that was his statement of letting y'all know, like, yo, I'm still down, uh. and this is me. But and you validate it, you're still down because that's such a groove. And, yeah, yeah. But maybe there's that itch in his soul that's just like, I gotta <laughs> say the deep statement, and and right, right. And we're stuck with love, sexy. Damn. <laughs> Like one I, damn it. Love sexy. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is going back to something you said earlier, but it's so cool that because uh, Jimmy and Terry are my boys, mm -hmm. and uh, my mom introduced me to the time. That's who told me about the time. How? Well, I was in D.C. Mom still had a record shop in Detroit. You talk about that diversity. What was the you name know, of the Detroit, record store? What was Simpsons it? Record Shop. Wow. Still there. Wait, 50, what? Years. Wow. 50 years. 50 years, man. Really? Fifty years, yes, sir. And you've never been there? No, <laughs> I always shop. Well, I always shop in a, 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 a Gross Point blank. Wait, what's Gross Point in Michigan? Is this, I, I, it's yeah, outskirts, right? Like yeah, yeah. Gross, Gross, Gross Point. Right Point. Yeah, yeah. It's a place called Melodies and Memories. Oh, okay. Out there that I do all my digging, but Simpsons Record Shop is still there. Yeah, yeah. A mom and pop. Yep, mom and pop record store. The one I told you, but that's where I started my career. Steve. Still there, man. Yeah, uh, he and I. I'm booking a flight Steve, right now. Yeah. We're, <laughs> Steve and I are doing a, 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 yeah. a week tour of America oh, really? at record stores. No, we she do sells it all the more time. hot dogs and candy than she does records now. Can I interject a question, Donnie? So, yeah. what's your what's your record collection looking like these days? Oh, we said. Oh wait, there's a frown over there. <laughs> Are you in a situation where you had to get rid of stuff and put it in storage oh, for the sake of marriage? All my records are at home. Yeah, all my records at home. Are you asking what am I into, or well, what do you, you still have all your, your physical from, oh, yeah. from when you oh, were yeah. a kid and stuff like that? I, I still have everything, everything, man. I I would assume it's worth some money, man. <laughs> okay, fire in the house, hypothetical. 
<laughs> whoa, whoa. That's a knock wood situation also. Yeah. Okay. We'll put in this wood. <laughs> Fire in the house. Uh-huh. You're saving five records. Ooh. Okay. Top five. What albums? Ooh. What's your forty fives into? Okay. <laughs> yes. What out al- what five albums are you saving? What's going on? Hot buttered soul. Yes. Um ooh. Off the wall. Wait, now before you name the last two. I also mean that I I'm certain that you have rare items of your your collection as well. Can uh-huh. we just save his whole collection? We'll all we'll all show up at the fire and help him get the fucking records out. Uh, all right, um, what are the final two? Um Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I got one more. Woo! That's hard. Oh, look at they all fighting. They trying to get out the fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. One left. Oh, ooh, God, I well, I got Marvin. Let's see. Fire's burning. Uh, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stevie's anthology. I'm oh, cheating okay. now. No, 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 Wow, one Stevie. Oh mm. my goodness, man. You'll get the That's rest. like Sophie's choice. You'll stream <laughs> you, you can stream the rest on Pandora. I'm just saying that. Uh all right. Uh, fulfilling this first finale. Uh, That's the Stevie Wonder Record you too? I think I don't know. You wow. put me under pressure. <laughs> that, was a, that, was, that was a great crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, I mean, what would you say? That's be, weird. Like, no, because out of the genius period. That's, that's my least yeah. favorite Stevie record of the Genius Period. Really, it's the one, the one I know the least songs on. I would, I know it, but it's, uh, I mean, so besides the, creeping, is it, what's and, the top? Is it uh, 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 music of me, my mind? For me, I don't know why I like music of my mind out of the five of them because it was the first of the five. No, Super but one? even then, I was like one. So I mean, so like it was the first of the five. He was just more raw in that. It was the first of the five. And it was the... Or do you count first. where I'm coming from? <laughs> it was the first of the five. Yes. My fir- the first record I ever bought was by Stevie. Uptight. Really? That's, that's the first purchase I ever made of music. The first, your, your very first record? Yep. Because that's before my mother. I, d- I didn't buy records for long. <laughs> because she opened a record shop and then I got in the radio. But uh, yeah, I paid 69 cents for... Baby, everything is all right. So 45s were 69 cents back in, well, that came out 66. Yeah, 66 or 67. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I also know that you're, 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 you as a concert spectator, that yeah. you've probably seen some of the best shows of all time. Ooh. Now, in, in your radio career, you told us about your, your childhood career, but what, what were the experiences like? Because I'm certain that, you know, you saw the very first Mothership Connection shows, like stuff yeah. we take oh, for yeah. granted now, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the ideas of the Jacksons levitating or Earth, Wind & Fire levitating, all that <laughs> stuff. Like, Man. What, what concert will stay with you forever as far as like, all the Michael concerts. Really? I mean, he's just the greatest ever to me. Yeah, without doubt. Michael, uh, The Fire, you know, see Earth, Wind & Fire, man, in their prime, you know, uh, with Maurice, mm -hmm. you know, uh, was amazing. Uh, the fir very first concert I ever saw in my life, James, you know. Where? Uh, Cobor Arena in Detroit. What year? Uh, this had to be 67? Jesus. Something like that. Maybe 68. Did he do Say It Loud? So, no, it was before Say It Loud. So, six, Say It Loud, I'm black and I'm proud, was 68. Um, you know, and, and James was my king. Right. You know, and I used to tell him that all the time, man, you're my king. I'm your soldier. There ain't nothing I wouldn't do for you. And I meant that, man, because he taught me to be proud of who I was, you know, mm -hmm. my skin color, man. Say It Loud was the most significant song Ever for me, there would never be a song more important than that for me, you know. And uh, so James gave me all that, that sense of pride, you know. I mean, he had assists from Curtis Mayfield, and mm -hmm. you know, but but it was James. So uh, to see James in concert was just amazing uh, early on because I remember as a kid sitting there at twelve years old. So wow, I was twelve. So that was that was uh, sixty six, and uh, I, all, all I could think of. You know, I'm not a musician, so I don't know why, but I'm like, damn. This dude's got two drummers. He's going to wear one out. He knows that. <laughs> one ain't going to make it. <laughs> so, um, wow. I saw Sammy Davis Jr. That was amazing to see Sammy. You know, uh, wow. Uh, wow. Hey, you'll appreciate this. And I know it's shifting gears a little bit. No. Nope. But say it. People that I've had the opportunity to spend time in the studio with. Tell okay? me. Now, of course, you know, there are a bunch of them. But the four that just, when I think back on my life and my career, to just blow me away. Marvin. Whoa. Sly. What? Prince. <laughs> Prince invited me in the studio one night. And that's rare. He didn't, you know. Yeah. He didn't have people in the studio. Uh, and... Stevie, 
you know, to spend time in the studio with Stevie, man, it was just, oh my goodness. Can you speak of watching Marvin in the studio? Hmm? Can you speak of watching Marvin in the studio? Well, like- actually, it's kind of cheating because he wasn't, he wasn't doing his album. He was recording the originals. He was producing the originals. Uh, wow. Yeah. Did you know that? You know, yeah, because they did uh, Baby I'm For Real. Baby I'm For Real. Yeah, just to keep you satisfied, right? Yeah, and they redid Just to Keep You Satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Pam was with me. She was just my girlfriend then. She's my wife of 43 years now. But, uh, <laughs> it's crazy because she's only 44. It's crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> but I remember Pam saying to me, like, because Marvin was trying to show him how to sing the song, and she goes, God, why didn't he just sing it? Can't nobody do that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, Marvin, when he invited me to the studio, how cool is this? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with Ron Banks of the Dramatics. Wow. Yeah, me and Ronnie. Ronnie was my best friend in that side of the, bu- uh, of the business, the music. Ronnie was my best friend, all the Dramatics, but Ronnie in particular. And uh, so we're riding down the street, and we see Marvin going in his house going up the driveway. And uh, so Ronnie says, there's Marvin, man. Let's stop and say hello to him. I said, all right, cool. So we stop, and uh, he introduces. He says, yeah, man, I listen to you every night, man. I was like, all right, cool. Wow. <laughs> and he says, um, you ought to come and check me out in the studio. I said, all right, I'd love to do that. He says, well, I'm going in tomorrow night. He says, but uh, here, let me give you this phone number. Call me tomorrow morning, man, because I'll get up in the morning and decide to climb Mount Everest, and I'll be gone. You know, mm. and he said it in such a way. It's like I'm not trying to act like I'm eccentric or something like that. I'm just telling you, dog. You need to check because I do that. <laughs> right. That's how I roll. <laughs> He's known for that. Right. He is right. known for that. Yeah, man. So uh, not many cats know that Marvin lived in a bread truck for seven months in Hawaii. Oh yeah. Is that right? Right after Dream of Lifetime came out, he took his remaining money. That was right before. Uh, I thought it was before Midnight Love, I thought. Well, yeah, after Dream of Lifetime. Wow. Before he did that, uh, before he moved to Belgium and lived yeah. in the monastery. And like, did, uh, what you call it? This is around 80. Yeah, yeah. He purchased a, a bread truck because wow. it, it had a good aroma to it. Oh, you mean that in dream- our lifetime? Yeah, in our lifetime. Dream so. of Lifetime. He is. Sorry, in our lifetime. If I had to pick one voice, I mean, one artist, I mean, Marvin's my favorite vocalist ever. I just love Marvin. But the most... Uh, intimate, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Most emotional moment I ever had with music was with Marvin one night. I was sitting there listening to uh, Flying High in the Friendly Sky. And I'd heard the song for 40 years. I told you I don't hear lyrics, right? So not really. I mean, I, Flying High in the Friendly Sky, all right. I guess it's commercial for United. I don't know. <laughs> you know, But that night, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to it, man. And I heard every word after... It had to be 30 years at that point. And, man, you know, I, I'm telling you, bro, I sat there and cried for 40 minutes. I, and I mean bawling, man, because I saw Marvin's life and his drug addiction. It spells it out so well. Um, you know, my second oldest brother was classic Vietnam case. You know, came back from the Nam, decorated war hero, addicted to heroin, you know, and watch that struggle that mm-hmm. he went through and sent my family through. You know, we, you know, we all got touched by that thing. And, um, you know, um, I just sat there, man. It just, it just took me to a place where nothing but music could take me to, to, to where I went that night, you know. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, I go to the place where the danger waits me. 
self-destructions in my hand. You know? Yeah. In the morning, I'll be all right. But then the pain, soon the night comes and the pain. Oh, oh man. It's just, I, it's I, I was out running yesterday morning. And that's, I always have my iPod on uh, uh, um, random. Yeah, on shuffle. And that song came on. I'm running. Crying. <laughs> People, th- you saw me, you thought I was sweating. No, that fool crying. <laughs> so, yeah. can I ask, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret that uh, where we are now in 2017 is a long way from where we were in 1967. Or sixty nine when you first started, mm-hmm. um, so I know that it has to be bothersome to not necessarily watch the evolution of where black music and black culture is or going. De evolution, rather, or yeah, just the de evolution of it. Does it worry you that um, very few members of the next generation aren't necessarily grabbing on to the baton that the forefathers had and sort of not even dropping it, but just having a, 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 a disregard or yeah. a sheepish shrug, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, is it, well, I'm just saying that you seem to be an open book culturally to everything. Like, you know, in in '69, you know, say loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Changed your life. I'm certain that uh, Prince's arrival with uh, or the the onslaught of Dirty Mind and what he would later unleash was new and shocking. But you seem to be aboard of it and what came afterwards. Yeah, yeah. At what point? And you don't have to specifically mention names or whatever. But at what point, or at least the year, did you? Were the seeds of indifference there for you? Where it's sort of like, (laughs) man, like, I guess, I guess this is what this is what passes for talent, or this is what passes for music, or hmm, guess I'm just getting older. Yeah, well, you know, well, first of all, I have to tell you this: that I was, I was always hesitant. I, I never wanted to make the statement that they don't make music like they used to. Okay, because I felt like every generation makes that statement. And they're right. They don't make it like they used to. They never have. They never will. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then I remember when we did uh, the interview with Quincy Jones from his house, the Back on the Block album. I was going to say, yeah. you commended him on being open-minded. And that always stuck with me. Like, I'd never want to be the old guy that's like, exactly. you know, I hate this music. Right. And right. you said that. And I was like, oh, okay. That's what I need to be yeah. like. Like Quincy, you know, you look, I mean, that album, I go to do this interview with Quincy. I mean, there's Ray Charles and Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Big Daddy Kane, Melly Mel. Ice-T, yeah. you know, let me kick my credentials. Young player, bred in South Central, L.A., home of the body bag. You want to die? Wear the wrong color rag. I used to walk in stores in the L.A. down. You flinch an inch, A.K. sprayed up. Woo! Man. I, I, I just rap with Donnie Simpson. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Like a duet. That was a duet. You deserve that. But the first time I heard that, uh, me and L.A. Reid had this conversation because I was telling him, I said, man, when I first got that album, I was listening to it. I said, it took me 40 minutes to get through the first song. And he said, me too. Because 
you know, I, I mean, I know Gula Matari, Quincy Jones. You know, right, right, I'm right. like, and then I open up. The first thing I hear is this gangster rap. Uh, but then all through the album was like a lesson to me that, you know, you can embrace it all. All right, so now they're doing the human beatbox. All right, so all right, well, let's get Ella, Sarah, Sarah, uh, Bobby McFerrin, and Take Six. No instruments. All right, well, let's do that. You know, it was just he could make it all work. All right. Now, get past that. And I, I'll have to tell you that in the last five, six, seven years, you know, it's not like there was any particular moment where I felt like, well, where are we? Where Where is R and B? Um, but, you know, I look at the charts. It's like uh, me, Jimmy and Terry have had this conversation. Like, it's just like it's just. Uh, hip hop and pop, you know, like we're not there. You know, I miss those days, man, when the top f- 10 pop songs, you know, half of them were black, you know, and I mean mm-hmm. black, black, soul, <laughs> you know, right? Soul, there soul you go, chart. thank you, <laughs> soul chart, right? You know, I miss that. It seems like it's just it's changed, and um, uh, that's. Very frustrating for me, I, you know. And 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 I, you're asking me the question, but I ask you the question: Is it is it that the musicians have bailed on it? They're just so nonchalant about it, or is it that the music companies don't? I have a want the- that anymore. Or aren't a, giving it voice. I have a theory. No, because they're there. I could name about six or seven people on the internet that are like killing that might not get a shot because they're not easily digestible. But um, I also feel as though I don't know where black people are spiritually. I was about to say black people don't go to church no more. Yeah, I don't know where we are spiritually (laughs) now as opposed to 50 years ago where we relied on the church. As a training ground for singers. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that's true. Wow. And musicians. I never thought about that. I'm I'm going to be... This is probably the most explicitly honest I've ever been concerning my spirituality on this show. Um, But just lately, um, just as far as the, 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 the political turmoil that we're living in right now. House of Cards season six. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what's been going on in the past three years, uh, as far as, uh, uh, justice is concerned as far as the, the, the unarmed killings of, 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 of black boys and, and black women. Um, you know, I, I used to question on Twitter, like, well, you know, where's this, the spiritual center that says that this is wrong? Like, if, hmm. if this were, if the injustice that was happening uh, in 2016, all those unarmed shootings were happening in 66, 67. I would have heard from the church from now. And I'm not saying that, okay, well, I'm maybe questioning, you know, because it's so blasphemous for black folks that have been raised in the church to even have thoughts of atheism or whatever. But, you know, just where the idea of Christianity in 2016 it seems very tainted to me than it was when I was a kid growing up in church and, you know, mm-hmm. your grandmom took you to church. You had to be there for eight hours. So I know that if I'm sort of questioning that, then I know there's a lot of people that are just like me 
mm-hmm. that are moving away from that spirituality. I'm not saying that, oh, well, God doesn't exist if all this injustice is happening. But I know that, you know, it, our answer was always primarily, always hang on to the Lord. The Lord will make it all right. And just, you know, and I don't know if black people are there now. Like, even in, yeah. in our singers, like, the hero now is Rihanna, who is about as yeah. not in the church. Anti, <laughs> right. anti. She's more right. the mall or the, you know, like, I don't know yeah. where, like, her home base is, where you think of Aretha, it's like, oh, that's the no church. Worries. No yeah. doubt, no doubt. You know, but the generation that Rihanna's raising isn't spiritual based. Like mm. Lauren Hill, in a way. That yeah, that's but, that's and, and it's not just blank. I mean, you look at what the Christian right just allowed to happen in our last election. You know, I mean, if you you can give him a pass for talking about grabbing women how he wants to grab them, and that, that's okay. Right. Yeah, that's, we've we've just lost yeah. spirituality. Yeah, right. not even religion, but just spirituality. So I I just feel like that that reflects in the music, and if that's not there, then we've pretty much lost soul music hmm. unless the spirit of it has just gone to the uk where <laughs> there's still people there and we're also becoming well, more inclusive as a people as well and i think that has a lot to do with it too we weren't you know we you know i mean not watered down for lack of a better term but you're talking about the 60s and when music was made then it definitely was not as inclusive as it is in 2017 and then you have to do with the cultural appropriation and who's Making the money off of the soul music. Well, I just, fig- I just, pr- I, mean, I just point that at labels not wanting to do more work than you know, if they can just market one artist one certain way instead of having to do it a whole bunch of different ways to target you know all these different audiences. And if they can sing soul and not be black and capture two different audiences, right. whoa, right, 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 right. whoa, Adele, whoa. <laughs> so, do you find it ironically weird that some of the more popular soul artists are not? looking like the person in the mirror when you're listening to it like or is that to you just wait like, i'm sorry what do you what do you no saying? no no i'm saying that now if you think of uh soul music oh nine times out of ten it's, oh, it's sam oh, oh, Smith or Adele. right 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 oh i know yeah it's uh strange <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's strange you know and i mean i mean the artists if you are got still soul, there i don't fault you for that Right, you know, I mean, you got soul. I mean, the the artist that you just named, very soulful, and I love their music. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, you know, it reminds me of uh, watching and I, God, should I call this out? And well, American Idol or you know these shows, and you know, my wife and my daughter would get so mad at me when I was just. They finally just stopped watching it with me because I'm sitting there going, "Oh God, he's so crazy." It's like. What? <laughs> you know, I'm so like, you, you like, I'm like, I take you to church this Sunday and find, and, and just yeah. on this Sunday and find you three, four voices better than anything you've heard on this whole season. Hmm. You know, that's that's how I always felt about. Except it. for Fantasia and Jennifer Hudson. You know. Well, yeah, there yeah. were moments. See, right, <laughs> right. The, the thing but, that I, I find problematic about reality shows and the the, the contests is that. You know, I feel like since '97, we've negated the idea of of subculture or an underground. Hmm. You know, Aretha Franklin wasn't made in 13 weeks. Yeah, you know, she right. was made in 17 years. <laughs> she started right. at eight. You know, and it took slow development in her father's church in a subculture. And, yeah, you know, because of the rush, because music is more as a means of escape for poverty for a lot of black folk. Um, you know, it's it's more or less probably used now as 
a means to survive as opposed to express your spirituality. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I find those shows rather dangerous, but that's a whole other episode of Quest Love Supreme. Yeah, and those shows aren't really about music. They're about TV. You know what I mean? It's not that's even true. about... That's true. You know what I'm saying? About who's the greatest. It's about... That's why you get William Hung's out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. Just I like try to Hung. get you to watch. <laughs> My trial with your very home. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> that's what I was... <laughs> So, what would you? By the way, wow. I found a, a, a CD at my mother's record shop of Aretha singing in her church in her father's church when she was twelve. How good is that? What? Mama had that in her record shop. It's like, you oh, oh my god, I have it. <laughs> she doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, did, did you guys sell uh, uh, Reverend C.L. Franklin's uh, sermons? Oh yeah, and... yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, we're making a pilgrimage because I know somewhere in the storage unit there's a gym. In there, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We are going up there. Hot, dog, she hot really, dogs in. Right she there. more or less specializes in gospel music now. Anyway, as, as a matter of fact, wow, going back, what? Well, I remember I used to send Elton gospel music to London because he couldn't get he it. Couldn't get it. Wow. He couldn't, right, right. I'd send him stuff. Send him stuff from my mom's record shop, man. Yeah. All right, we are coming to <laughs> Simpsons. Is this a DC shop. trip? Is this a DC trip? You no, said? it's Detroit. Oh, it's Detroit. That's Detroit. Detroit. Better oh, than DC. Well, wait, is that where every. Okay, so it's right because the record store is still in existence, right? Yeah, it's still. For right now, it's struggling, though. It's tight. Because it sounds like <laughs> Donnie may... might have half of the records Plus, in DC, too. No. Yeah, well, no? I, I got okay. a few. Okay. We'll, we'll come and save the store. Don't, don't worry. We... <laughs> well, wait, I want to ask one. This, this is kind of backwards to, to go back then, but since. Uh, there's a movie about Detroit coming out in August uh, about the 67 riots. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, how was your mom's story? How was that unscathed from... Because 60% of the city went up in flames during yeah. uh, those riots up there. Like, how were you guys able to protect the store and not have it affected? Well, we, we also had Simpsons Patrol Service. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Y all, y all that started first, actually. My dad had a rent-a-cop service. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, he actually, he protected the store. Plus, you know, she was protected anyway. Everybody in the neighborhood knew Mama. They knew, okay. Oh, so yeah, they man. Knew. She was protected. They weren't, you know, Mama's a... They weren't going to burn the jams. Okay. They, no, they weren't going to burn... No, no. None of the... <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, and Mama's always been cool, man. Like, you go over there. My mother has, the, I always say, has the best security force there is. The winos. <laughs> <laughs> they don't miss no days. <laughs> don't mess with that damn uh, yeah. Simpsons house. Oh, yeah. You know, they, and they were always so cool with Mom. You know, if you need a cigarette, whatever, man. You know, Mom's got them, man. Just whatever. Miss, miss, they call it Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> and... But, uh, you know, when she'd come to open up, man, they'd be standing in front of her store. they stand there, make sure she's in okay. Once she's in, they'd go across the street because they know it's bad for business, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But let somebody come in there looking threatening. Yeah, they own. In, in force, baby. I'm telling you. What side of Detroit was it on? East, east or the side. west side? East Whoa, side. east side. Yeah, not far east. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> One side, eyebrow it's, up, yeah, not yeah. two eyebrows up. <laughs> right, yeah. Wait, you start thinking about your pilgrimage again. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, maybe. You, you stay home with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, Steve, we're going to have to skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the 
east side of this joint. I want to ask you: Do you still keep in touch with any of the old crew, like Sherry Carter, Madeline? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think Paul Porter, like all those. Everybody you just named. Really? Yes. Is it a Facebook group somewhere that y'all have? Like, <laughs> no, I'm friends with Madeline. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are friends with Madeline, friends with Madeline on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Twitter. She be going. She be going in. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. We still talk. Yeah. Yeah, man. Did there ever talk on? The, I was gonna say, just on the strength of what you just said. Is there ever talk of like a full out reunion on BET with y'all, everybody? No. no. Okay, never mind. No. G- T- that was a very no. quick no there, Don. TV one. No. Are you? No. You know, for me, um, you know, when it was done, it was done, and that's the way I am. When, I, when I'm, you know. And when did I, it end? When when was when the video so officially end? <laughs> that's a great question. No, it was Nine. before. Yeah. Oh no, no, Planet Groove was in. It was like 1997, okay. I think. I know because they brought me back to do a special Millennium show, one of the top videos of the century. Okay, and uh, and so I came back for that. Um, yeah, but for the last two years that I did the show, I'm telling you, man, it, it was on New York Avenue, and every night I would drive up New York Avenue, and all I could think was that. God, 40, min- 40 minutes more, and you could be at the Bay having dinner with Pam. That's all I thought about every night. And that told me that it was time. Yeah, that it was time. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, and it just changed for me, I think, because I started, they started, it, before we used to do it in the afternoon at 1 o'clock. And sometimes, for a number of years, we did it at 3. Um, but always live. And then we started recording it at 7 o'clock at night. And, you know, with me doing my morning radio show, it's just too much. I just, it didn't feel the same to me. I didn't, I, I just, I don't know. And it was 14 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, I, you know, my, it was done. Mm-hmm. It was, the people always go, man, God, don't you miss it? You know, I, I don't. I mean, well, I miss the people. The show was fun. But I always think about those last two years, man, where it's just like, no, it was time. It, you know, everything has its time. You know, that's the way I feel, man. And we had our run. And it was cool. It was great. It served its purpose for that moment. And, and we're done with it. But you did miss TV because you came back with uh, Donnie after dark a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, I decided I wanted to. That was Pam's fault, really. My, uh, <laughs> she wanted you out of the house. Pam just sitting there by Get the, out the house. She did. She's so used to it. All of DC but, but knows Quest, it's Pam. Quest, let me tell you how she put it, though. She says, Donnie, everywhere we go, all you hear is how much... They love you and want you to do something else. You know, God has given you a talent that you should be sharing with people. That's the way she put it. What I heard was, get out. (laughs) (laughs) It's been five and a half years. (laughs) I want you out of the house. (laughs) Take all those records right here. (laughs) Because I didn't do anything for five and a half years, man. What was that like? Was that going from just going, going, going to having years to chill? Oh, it was was cool, man. It was great. I tell everybody I start. I started a shuttle service. Uh, yeah, I, I would shuttle grandbabies back and forth, <laughs> <laughs> and I was good at it. And in the summer, I became a pool boy. You know, <laughs> yeah, wow. for my grandkids, man. So, so I loved it, man. But, but, but I'm happy to be back in the game. You know, it's um, you know, I love music in particular, and um. I felt like it was five and a half years of me not knowing what was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't and I'd never experienced that before. I'd never been out of loop since the time I was 12, you know, I always knew what was happening, you know, 
so uh, you know so it's so it's been cool man and then and then the love the people give you too man you know it's just um you know it, it was almost like me and ray leonard had this uh conversation because we were talking he took off for five years before he came back and fought Hagler, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how it was so much more intense when you came back because you know people you know they're used to you, and then you're gone for this. And you figured that's it. There's no more. And then all of a sudden you come back, and it's a different level of appreciation, you know. And uh, you know people just people treat me swell. But Donnie, <laughs> when, when did you realize that you probably could never do radio anywhere else but the DMV? Like the DMV might not let you. Did, was there a moment where you realized that? You can't, or that you just wouldn't. Uh, dog, you got you painting them in straight up gangsters, no, ain't you? For real. <laughs> now you but can't. No, you leave. ain't leaving here, right? Like, <laughs> like you on Ben's Chili Bowl wall now. Like you can't leave. Yeah, no. <laughs> you are not like you mayor. and Mary and Barry. Like y'all are like yeah, DC no, can, staples, yeah. dude. No, I never felt like that. Like uh, they wouldn't let you leave. I mean, you know, I mean, because I was always. So you love D.C.? Across the country anyway. You yeah. love it? Oh, I absolutely love D.C., without doubt. Because I'm certain that at one point you could write your own ticket and, oh, let me see what's up in Chicago right, or go right. to L.A. or. But for what? I mean, you know, I mean. All right, you love D.C. Yeah, and I love Detroit. I mean, Detroit, that's, you know. Okay. That's home, baby. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm already... I've been in Chicago. <laughs> BET Video Soul put me in every city in this country. Right. I don't need radio to do that. Okay. Because so I've never felt the need to to leave to go do. You know, I, that's another reason why I've never felt pressured to do syndication. You I was going to ask. Yeah. If you... I, you know, BET put me in more homes than syndication could ever put me in from radio. You know, could, that could never be matched with radio, what BET did for me. So that's not that big a deal to me, you know. And when I've had those conversations and, and I go, well, I play some of everything, you know. Well, so what happens on this station in Detroit right. that plays Kim all the time? What happens <laughs> when I play uh, Drake or uh, Tupac or whatever, I'm, you know, whatever it is? I might. Well, you can play them, but, you know, and you can talk about them, but we'll cover the Tupac song with Luther. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. No, you won't. <laughs> nah, nah, no, because, you know, for me, it's not like I'm not a bit driven show. You know, uh, I just I play music. We talk about it. And, you know, that's what I do. So music is such a big part of what I do. I can't you can't take the You can't cover. It's got to be like a listen line. I mean, you know, you got to listen to the same thing in Chicago and San Francisco that they're listening to in DC. You can't cover my music with something else. Right. You know, that's part of, that's the biggest part of the experience to me. And sometimes it's good to be local. You know, it's sometimes it's it's just telling you, man, this is one of those cases where to be local is, is to be better. And, you know, I'm old school in that way. I like that. But again, I'm very blessed in that TV gave me that thing that most people in radio are seeking Mm -hmm. uh, through syndication. I I had it in TV already. Cool. One question I have for you was uh, in regards to the culture of BET. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when you talk about the early years and you were saying that it wasn't pretty, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, uh, I remember those early years, and I remember it was kind of rough, but it was also really real. And I mean, just from watching your show, and I remember there was this other show. I think you just come on after the video. So the it was a movie show, and it was this lady had a segment called Popcorn and Pig Feet. <laughs> What? Yes. I can't. But in this, it, this particular episode was notable because they dissed Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> like, ta- I mean, straight up smash Graffiti Bridge. And I was like, whole, like, I mean, there was that segment. There was another segment where, like, Dwayne Martin was going through the record store, like, holding up records, like, on some, like, kiss it or diss it kind of mm-hmm. shit. Like, yo, this new Tony, Tony, Tony album is crazy. Yo, this is the new Tisha Campbell album. This shit is whack. Like, I mean, they were just, it was ruthless. You know what I mean? And oh. so, and even like on your show, like, I mean, you would give like, I mean, God, man, was it like Vertical Hole? I think that was the first place. Seems too much too busy. Oh my God. Uh, I remember that interview too. Yeah, yeah. She had a, Angie Stone had a cold. She, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember that. Wow. So like, God, you guys like, remember y'all so were much. So real, and it was no PC, no cut card. It just seemed to be. I mean, as, as as much as you described those early years as they were kind of rough and kind of ugly, to me, that was the charm because I knew I was getting just uncut blackness. Yeah, yeah. When did that change? Or do you, or do you remember when it kind of shifted and they were like, all right, maybe we got to polish it up. Like, we can't just, you know, be dissing people. Like, can't play Rough Side of the Mountain commercial. No, I, you know, no, I don't. I don't know. Can't play the what? The Rough Side of the Mountain commercial every half hour. Damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Rough Side of the Mountain commercial. Coming up, Jesus. Coming up. Coming up. On the rough side. <laughs> yeah, but no, oh, I don't man. know when that when that changed, man. I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I've I've always felt like you got to keep it real. Like there are times when I will play a song to this day, and I'll go, you know, wow, <laughs> my boys will kill me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Cool in the gang celebration. Okay. You know, oh, you're a doppelganger. I, I played that. Yo, right. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I you start talking about that song on the air. It's like. God, I can't take that song anymore. I said, I, you know, I mean, I'm happy for Cool and the Gang that this, every bar mitzvah, wedding, (laughs) any celebration you got over the last 35 years, they played that song. I said, but I go, including Steve's. (laughs) (laughs) But when I go down to Jamaica and I hear, it's a celebration. It's like, (laughs) you can't escape it. There's no escaping it. You know, give me some of the other cooler stuff. That's, but you know, I think that people appreciate that because it's real. And that's just my opinion. You know, uh, that if everything is great, then you can no longer be believable because everything's not great. Mm. You know, yeah, you should sometimes say, yeah, you know, that song's not for me, but I play it. It's popular. People That's like crazy. it. crazy. You know. Well, Donnie, uh, we thank you for coming on the show, and this has definitely been a master class. Man, man thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me. I have one, I have one final question. This is uh, uh, from my mother, who, like, absolutely loves you. <laughs> she wants to know, I guess what I want to know, did you ever smoke before you went on the air? <laughs> She, no, my man. mother swore, but now she's like, "He No, I man, said, definitely not. I always waited till after the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no
People used to ask me that all the time. And one show, I actually came out, I addressed that. I said, people always ask me that. And uh, But no, I am not high. Uh, I said, when, but when I smile, I squint. Yeah. My eyes close. They would try all kind of makeup and stuff, trying to get my eyes to look more open. And it's just, that's just who I am. It just, it, it, so I explained all that on the air and I said, so anyway, so no, I do not get high. But anyway, we got, <laughs> let's get our show started. We're going to uh, play this video and I'm going to go in the back and smoke a joint. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Oh, God. So. Well, I thank you, Donnie Simpson, for uh, all that you've done for us and, you know, raising us. I, I, I don't want to put it like, oh. No, he, no he dude, raised, it's he not raised an it. exaggeration. He pretty much raised, like, was, any any left of center, like, black stuff you got put on, like, it came through Video Soul. Like, yes. That was wow. Well, thank was. you, brother. Well, hey, man. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. One more time man, for Donnie thank Simpson. Thank you. Thank y'all. On behalf it's of It's an Maia, honor to be here. On behalf of my ears, Sugar Steve, Boss Bill, MB Bill, Fontigolo, this is Questlove. You've been listening to Questlove Supreme, only on Pandora. We will see you on the next go-round. Thank you. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.